0: Hey uh let's open our Bible second Timothy chapter 4 of course because we're still there be there for a few more a few more uh, times at least. We're going to have a couple of special uh, Sundays next Sunday and the Sunday after for uh, the Christmas season of course and uh, we're going to talk about gifts giving and uh, just so you know Sunday, Christmas Day, we are going to have a service here, uh, no Christmas Eve service this year, but a Christmas Day service at 10.30 the regular time. It'll be one hour, though, with all the kids, and it'll be a family uh, uh, celebration together. So. so you know. Just so you know. Paul, we talked about this last week, a little bit of review. Paul, he was abandoned. He felt abandoned, right? You remember that? He felt deserted. He felt all alone. And sometimes we feel that way too, right? He talked about Demas and this guy Demas who, it says that he deserted him. He deserted Paul because why? Because he loved the world. And the world kind of pulled him and the world has always got this pull. We got to be very careful. We got to be on guard. that that doesn't happen to us. We don't end up like that. Others of Paul's associates, where they were off serving for good reasons, in a good way, and they are out different places. But Paul, now he's there by himself. Only Luke is there with him, he said. And so he's asking Timothy to come and be with him. Why? Because he wants, the, he wants people around him, right? He wants his friends to be with him. He also tells them to bring Mark, which is one of my favorite stories. We talked about that last week. Mark who... On Paul's first missionary journey, deserted him and left, gave up, quit, and then, and then now he's a faithful worker. So, you know, it kind of goes both ways. We can kind of be serving and then go off the rails, or we can, you know, kind of go the wrong path and then come back. It's always good to come back. Always, always. As long as you're still breathing here, you can come back. Amen. You can get back to where you need to be. Always. I want you to know that. So he asked Timothy to bring his coat. He he asked Timothy to to bring his scrolls and his parchments, you know, the Word, and some writing utensils. And uh, let me read that quote again for you. Paul's desires were simple at this stage of his life. He wanted to be be in the presence of friends, to stay warm and to refresh himself in the Scriptures. He only had the simple things. And you know what? Life gets simple near the end. You know, there's only certain things you want. He wanted friends, he wanted to be warm, and he wanted to have the scriptures there that were on those scrolls and parchments that he, that he asked Timothy to bring. That's pretty cool. That's pretty important. But now that's where Paul's at. But now the section we're going to look at today, I want to ask you another question. Uh, can you get on the screen for me, please? There we go. Have you ever been let down? Have any of you ever been let down? Am I letting you down right now? Yeah. You know, that's like life. Any of your friends ever let you down? Or God forbid, even your family let you down? That ever happened to you? No, not me. You know, we get disappointed by people, don't we? They leave us high and dry sometimes. They just do. Or maybe they get sick and die, and then they really you know, leave you on your own, right? Why did you do that? Why did you die and leave me here? You know, it's, uh, it's this kind of thing that we go through, this kind of thing that we feel. Or people, and we just can't depend on them anymore. Now, pe- you know, people can only go so far. Paul wanted... Can we turn it down just a little bit, Tony, please? Paul wanted his friends... To be there with him. He really, really did. But sometimes it just doesn't happen. Paul had these periods of time when his friends, they were not there. They didn't show up. And there was a period of time when even Luke wasn't there. As we'll see in the verses we're looking at today. But Paul tells us this. And this is the the title of the message today is that Jesus is always there. No matter what the people do. No matter if they show up or don't show up, no matter if we're let down and we're all by ourselves, alone, abandoned, deserted, Jesus will always, always, always be there. I want to say that to you, want I want you to get that idea today that Jesus is there for you, always. And I might even say this, that especially when the people aren't there, that's when we think, you know, now I'm all alone, but we'll talk about that. Let's uh, let's read the verses, verses uh, 14 through 18. He says, Alexander, the metal, metal worker, did me a great deal of harm. The Lord will repay him for what he has done. You too should be on your guard against him because he strongly opposed our message. At my first defense, no one came to my support, but everyone deserted me. May it not be held against them, but the Lord... But the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength, so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. And I was delivered from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and will bring me safely to His heavenly kingdom. To Him be glory forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We pray that you would impress on our hearts the message you have for each one of us, Lord, that you know where each one of us is in life today. Maybe we're hurting. Maybe we're like Paul, but you are there with us. You're standing by us, by our side as well. Open our hearts, our ears, our eyes. In Jesus' name. He starts off interestingly enough. He's he's abandoned. He's deserted. He's alone. But 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 who's showing up? All of his friends aren't there. But who is there? Alexander seems to be around. Enemies, uh, you know, enemies don't always take a break from us, do they? The stuff we face, the stuff we fight against—that you know—we don't always get a break from that. Though I find that that in life, God does give us those breaks when we need them, when we need them the most. But But in this whole scenario, in this context of what we're looking at today here, he he throws that in there. There's a guy named Alexander. Watch out for him, he says. And there are people that are in the world today who are at work against the gospel, against the word of God. It's it's evident. It's there. And Paul wasn't afraid to say it, but, but notice he says this here, that he's going to let God deal with it. Notice he says that the Lord will repay him for what he has done. I don't know about you, but when I have enemies, I want to get them. Don't you? I want I want what we call revenge, right? I, I want to get right back in their face because they got me in my face, I'm gonna get them in their face. Isn't that what you want to do? I don't know about you, but but uh, I was raised to be a scrapper. Now I know you're thinking about the scrap metal I take over here to around the corner, but if you get me in a corner, if you push me into a corner, my wife will tell you this: if you push me into a corner, it could. It's dangerous. Yeah, <laughs> watch out. Well, <laughs> That's it. <laughs> we got panic buttons, and we got. Boxing rings. No, just kidding. <laughs> All over the house. But look what look what Paul says, he says, The Lord will repay him. The Lord's gonna take care of it. The Lord's gonna deal with it. We have that's a that's a part of trust that Paul says, you know what I can not I c I can't I can't do it. I can't take revenge and, and in Romans he says that he says, Don't take revenge. He says, Leave room for God's wrath, for it says For it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. And then he goes on to say, do good things to them, make it good for them, and they will, you know, God will take care of it. God will deal with it. But, you know, it's this kind of thing to be, you know, wise as serpents, gentle as doves doves kind of thing that, you know, we... We let God deal with it, but it's not, it's not a bad thing to be on your guard. He said, watch out, he says. Look at that verse 15, Was he says that you, should, you too should be on your guard against him because he strongly opposed our message. So he's not taking revenge, but you know, it's not wrong to say, watch out. Watch out. But now he gets back to this thing again where he's completely abandoned, he's completely alone. And as I said, I think Luke either wasn't there yet or Luke had to leave, but now he's completely on his own. Nobody was there. Where am I? Verse 16, at my first defense, no one came to my support, but everyone deserted me. See the. Two times he says it, no one and everyone. They deserted me. But then he says, may it not be held against them. Okay, he's talking about, you know, Alexander, and he says the Lord's going to deal with him. And now he's talking about his friends, his friends who were not there for him when he really, really needed them. You know, they didn't come to my support. Everyone left, they all deserted me. And he could have gotten bitter, don't you think? How do you ever feel, as I asked in the beginning, do you ever feel like that, where people have let you down? Do you ever want to, you know, you, you feel bitter, You like you feel really hurt. I thought they were my friend. I thought they would be there for me when I got to this place, and then they're not even there. And you can start to feel a little bit bitter. I, I know I do sometimes, but rather, what does Paul say? He says, May it not be held against them. There's this forgiveness that comes out. There's this grace that comes out. I think part of it is to know that, that he probably had let people down too. You know, we're, we're going to get bitter at somebody because they let us down. Well, how many people have you and I let down? You know, do we ever let someone down? I can guarantee you, you have. You're letting me down right now. No, I'm just kidding. It's probably the other way around. But when he says that, may it not be held against them, who does he sound like? He sounds like Jesus on the cross, that's right. Jesus on the cross, what did he say? Father, forgive them, those that were putting him to death. Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. He's being more like Jesus. But a, a very, another interesting, who else does he sound like? Stephen, Stephen. that's right. Stephen was a a follower of Jesus, and Stephen, uh, you know, they were mad at him. They were mad enough at him to kill him, to to stone him with rocks until he died. But you know what? Uh, Stephen, he, he, he was calling out to the Lord during this time, and at the very end, it says, Then he fell on his knees, and he cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he had said this, he fell asleep, or he died. The last words from his mouth were, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Paul is saying a very similar thing. He he is is, uh, soon to be put to death for his faith. But one of the most interesting things to me is the next verse in the book of Acts. This is found in the book of Acts, by the way. After he said, Lord, do not hold this sin against him, and he dies, the next verse says this, And Saul was there, giving approval to his death. Saul, who later becomes who we know as Paul, who's writing these words now. You know what? And, and then it goes on to say that Paul, you know, he went, Saul went and persecuted the church, dragging you know, people into jail, and some get, you know, being killed. But I believe, I really believe that that, what Stephen said, affected him in a deep, deep way where he saw the forgiveness in him. You know, he went off and still did it, but I think it affected him deep down in his very mind and heart and soul to see someone who has grace, to see someone who has forgiveness. It affected him. That's a powerful thing, I think. So he's there now back in... In uh, 2 Timothy chapter 4, near the end of his life, his friends are not there. He says, may it not be held against them. In verse 17, the the key to this uh, section here, he says, But no one came to my defense and to my support. Everyone deserted me. May it not be held against them. But the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength. But the Lord stood at my side. When no one else was there, Jesus was there. When no one else is there in your life, Jesus is there. I want to say that, and, and I feel like an old-time preacher saying that, but you know what, it's so true, and I, and I know it personally, I know it through experience, that He will always be, be there. When the friends and the family aren't there for you, Jesus is there for you, no matter what. There is no one like Him. There's no one that you can rely on completely and totally except Him. You know, Moses, uh, coming to the end of his life, and, and uh, he knew his time was short. But he told the people of Israel this. He says, Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. We know that phrase. It started back in Deuteronomy 31. Moses said, you know, I'm not going to be here, but the Lord will not leave you. I'm going to leave. He knew his time was short. He was going to be taken taken home. But the Lord will never leave you, nor forsake you. We hear that phrase, you know, but but it's it's not just a phrase. It's, It's a reality. It's a truth. Joshua... The Lord told Joshua the same thing. He said personally to him, he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. We find it again in the book of Hebrews chapter 13. The Lord will never leave us or forsake us. It's a truth that we need to understand. Jesus is always there. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. But I have to say, does it ever? do you ever get to the place where you don't necessarily feel that way? you ever get to the place where, Lord, where are you? you? You know, you're supposed to be here with me, and now I'm here and I can't hear you. I can't, I don't, I can't sense that you're here with me. Do you ever get like that? So what are you going to base what you feel and do on? Are you going to base it on what the Scripture says or how you feel at that moment in time? See, that's where we get kind of ripped off. I'm just going to go with, with how I feel. But you know what? Your feelings don't always tell you the truth. Your feelings, you know, that you can't always depend on your own feelings, but you can depend on the one who said these words, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Sometimes, you know, God allows us to be in those places of complete aloneness for us to learn this truth. That's why I said earlier, maybe it's even more so when we're alone that we see the truth of this. No one's there. No one is there. You try calling. I mentioned this last week. You try calling your friend. You try calling someone who might be able to help you, and you get voicemail, right? And they don't bother calling you back because they saw your number and they said, (laughs) Not me. I don't have enough time. So what do you do? Leaves you no choice. What do you do? Where do you go? You need to turn to Him. I like this quote. I'm going to put it up on the screen because it's really cool from John Corson. He said, over and over again, I have found that when I felt most alone, the Lord became most real. For when there are other people around us, we have a tendency to rely on them. But when we're alone, we find ourselves walking with the Lord in ways we wouldn't have otherwise. Is that cool? Yes. Something about it, when we find ourselves in that place where we're completely alone, and it's just me and Him, just you and Jesus, our first response is to say, you know, everybody's left me, but, but our second response should be, but, but Jesus is here with me, and, 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 and develop that relationship that we have. With him, you'd think we'd learn, though, right? After all these years, after all these hours—however long you've been a believer—you'd think that you'd learn. We'd learn these things, you know. We learn them the hard way. But we're just kind of stubborn and foolish, and I don't know. Everybody, say goodbye to Ron and Lena. You'd think we'd learn. You know, there are different examples in the Scripture that uh, you can find where people are just alone. Joshua found himself alone, and you can read about that just before they went to fight the Battle of Jericho, and and he comes face to face with Jesus, the the commander of the armies of the Lord. But one of my favorites is this one here, because it's it's kind of our... uh, I think it's where we're at, Jacob... He had some things ahead of him that he was kind of freaking out about. But here it says in Genesis 32, he says, Jacob was left alone. He was all by himself. But was he all by himself? Uh Uh-uh. It says a man wrestled with him till daybreak. Was it just a man? No, that was God wrestling with him there. And and, and it was a... you, You can go read the whole story. It's an incredible thing. But he was wrestling with God. And do you ever wrestle with God? Uh Uh-huh. Like you're going to win? I don't think so. He walks away with a limp. God will say, okay, you can keep wrestling, but boing. And then he walks away, his hips all messed up. That's kind of why I walk the way I do. (laughs) But look what it says in verse 30. This is incredible. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying... It is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. Something radical happened, you see. Being alone with God, something radical happened to him. He wrestled with God, but he saw saw God. And for you and I, you know, it's not a bad thing to be alone. If we turn to Him, if we just try to do it ourselves, and we, we, we don't acknowledge Him, we don't bring him into the story and the picture and and recognize the fact that he's there, whether we want to accept it or believe it or not. He can do something incredible, incredible, if if we'll recognize him. I saw God face to face, but I thought I was just, you know, let down. I thought I was just abandoned by all my friends, my family, those people that I relied upon. No, maybe it is that lesson for us to, to, to understand and to learn that He's always, always, always there. But it's not just His presence, you see. It's more than that, isn't it? The Lord stood at my side and gave me strength. Isn't that what it says there? The Lord stood at my side. He he was there, but not only was he there, but he gave me strength. He gave me strength. Paul had no friends and he had no strength. And guess what? Jesus was there and Jesus had strength and he gave him his strength. This is the guy who said, I can do all things, what? Through Christ who strengthens me. He knew where the strength came from. You and I, he'll give us the strength that we need to do what we need to do. He doesn't just sh- he doesn't just show up there for us to make us, you know, have you know nice feelings and everything, though sometimes that's the case. But he's there for for us in the middle of whatever it is that we're facing, as, as Paul was facing a lot of stuff here. And he was there with him to get him through it and to give him the strength that he needed to do what he was supposed to do. It's why he says he was so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. But not only that, this is kind of picturesque too. I was delivered from the lion's mouth. I was delivered from the lion's mouth. I don't know if you've got any imagination, but if you can imagine yourself being in the mouth of a lion, that does not sound nice. But the Lord was with him to deliver him from that. Well, you say, well, yeah, but he was still going to die soon. Yeah, he was. But, but God was there to get him through it and deliver him from, from the, the effects of these different things. And we have an enemy, too. And he roars like a lion, right? Amen. The next thing he says there he says, the Lord will rescue me. From every evil attack, every evil attack, the Lord will rescue me. He's not only there to give you His strength and to deliver you from the lion's mouth, He's there to rescue you from the attacks that will come, that certainly will come. But ultimately, what I like is is found here in In the last part of it, he says he's going to bring us safely to his heavenly kingdom. Heaven. Ultimately, you and I will be okay. You and I will be okay. Victory is assured. Victory is going to happen for you and for me. Ultimately, that is the truth. And heaven is our home. That's why Paul could say, you know, to live is Christ and what? To die is gain. To live is Christ, to die is gain, no matter what. No matter what he was facing, the lion, the evil attacks, the loneliness, the separation, the abandonment, no matter what it was that he was facing, no matter what it is that you and I will face, you know, we have a home and and, and this world is just a temporary situation. Some of us are gonna go home sooner than others. It would be kind of interesting if I could look around and see, floating above your head, how many years you had left. You know, kind of like they have in the commercials, these numbers bouncing over the top. It would be interesting to see. But the truth is, who could deal with that? If you knew. None of us, you know, God doesn't give us all the steps along the path. He just gives us the next one, the one that's right in front of us but he tells us what's going to be at the end. He says, I will bring you to the heavenly kingdom. I'm with you. I'm going to get you all the way there. Uh, You know, he says, lo, I'm with you always, even to the very end of the age. He told his disciples, I'm going to be there with you. So I'm looking forward to that. But he ends up with, with worship, though, doesn't he? What does he say here? To him be glory forever and ever. To Him be glory forever and ever. I, I, I thought about it like this, is that to Him who's always there and He'll never, never, never leave us or forsake us, to Him be glory forever and ever because He never, never leaves us. That's awesome, isn't it? Mm-hmm. To Him be the glory, that He'll always, always, always be there and, and for you and I to worship and to know that Jesus is always there. Jesus is faithful, faithful, faithful. Again, don't, don't worry about how you feel. Know the truth. Keep that in your mind. The scripture says God's word tells us that he will never leave us or forsake us, he's always there. If your friends abandon you, they leave you, forsake you. Your family, maybe somebody you work with, they just let you down. You know what? It's okay. It's okay because Jesus is there with you and He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. That's important to know. You know, I don't know what happened to the time, but it's really early and I'm done. I could just ramble on for another 45 minutes, but what good would that do? I think you got the point, right? That's the point. That's the point. That's the message. Jesus is always there. You know, I work with these things sometimes, and I'm rambling. Uh, and I try to to figure out a, a way to say it that, that I can remember, that that you you perhaps can remember, and and I and I always come up with these long sentences that no one will ever remember. But to boil it down, right? Jesus always there. Jesus always there for you and for me. Let's pray together, shall we? Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word and we thank you for your encouragement to us today and these, these things in our lives that, that uh, we face. These disappointments where people that we thought we could rely on, they, they just let us down sometimes. They're human and we're human. But Lord, you... Never let us down. You never leave us. You'll always be there, no matter what. Because you are God. That's why we give you glory, because you are God. You're not just a man. You're not a woman. You're not a person. You are the creator. God the Son. We give you the glory. I I give you the glory for being uh, so faithful for so many years in my own life. I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for you, for your mercies, Lord, every morning, every new, every morning. I pray you'd encourage your people today. I don't know what what these people are facing in their own lives or what they might face tomorrow. But I know this, that you will be there with them. You'll stand by their side and get them through and give them strength and help them in the battle. Father, I pray for any here today who don't know you as Savior. And and, uh, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, you can't can't rely upon these promises because you have no relationship with Him. You need to ask Him into your heart and life today. And and open your heart and say, Jesus, please come into my life. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. I, I need you. I'm alone. I need you in my life today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's stand and sing together, shall we?